0: Uh, I want to testify. Can See, I? Yeah. Can I testify? Oh,
1: bro.
0: Can testify. I testify? testify? Testify!
1: Testify! I'm gonna
0: testify yeah. on the microphone this morning. Do it. From the city that brought you the factory of sadness, now comes the House of Bliss podcast. House of Bliss! House of Bliss! We need to start a metal band. We should make a, a, yeah, it's like a kiss song (laughs) or something like that. Oh yeah, there you go. That'd be fantastic. We should actually paint our faces, stick our tongues out. Yeah, definitely. Well, didn't they pay to like get their...
1: Yeah. tongue forked or something. I think so. That's, uh, that's up there. with one of the freakiest body mods that I've ever heard of. Yeah. That one. And, uh, like, God bless you if you're into this. Like, we love you here at House of Bliss. There's no judgment. But no. I was just uh, reading about the people that do, like, the suspension deal. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever heard of this? I did not. So they take... Nope. They take... Okay. You're going to spit your tea, like, right out. Okay? <laughs> they take these hooks and they find like a spot on your skin where the tension's just right, where they can actually lift you up by your skin. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, he literally spit out his tea. <laughs> Mark, this microphone's like 150 bucks. Sorry, right? i sorry. <laughs> I got a little bit on the microphone. I yeah, you, I on my nice laptop. Thanks, bud. Anyway, yeah, so they lift you up by <laughs> your skin with these hooks. And, oh that's uh, gross and it gives you the feeling so it's supposed to give you the feeling of complete complete weightlessness oh no uh, way because there's not there's no hardness there's no nothing it's just you and somehow yeah somehow it just makes your brain think that you're like completely weightless. isn't it really painful though no no if they do it right it's supposed to be really not that painful at all of <laughs> really? uh, like how somehow <laughs> they're supposed to be able to shove a bunch of needles in your face With acupuncture, it's it. People swear it doesn't hurt. I guess I don't know how that works, uh, but I've kind of. I'm more into podcasting than I am the ins and outs of how to shove hooks (laughs) in my back. But
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. So uh, perhaps a future episode, though. Anyway, we'll do. Well,
1: yeah, we need to start a metal band where we all paint our faces, and uh, fork our tongues and get suspended and uh, scream "House of Bliss." That sounds like a winning idea fantastic we're gonna need more patrons for that <laughs> hey listen this is my commitment right now if we get up to 500 dollars a month i will suspend myself i am not gonna commit to that <laughs> no but you can get the video footage which i don't know which one's worse watching your friend do that or... <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know if i could watch oh my God. i'll set up the camera and i'll run away yes all right you heard it here folks if we get up to 500 a month cole Harmon will suspend himself from hooks <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even talked to my wife, by the <laughs> Hey, I'm the head of the household, though, right? So That's it. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, dude. So, normally you would... Uh,
0: normally me, I say you know, something inspirational or right. hilarious.
1: You try to just get me to say something on the spot. But I'll tell you what. I've got a challenge for you. I want to see... You know, the Bible says to be ready in and out of season And uh, I'm just gonna throw a text at you, and you're just gonna have to give me a 30 second inspirational sermon. You ready? Bring it on! Right. I'm ready. So, our text today comes from the book of Judges. There's, there's oh, I love the possibilities yes. already. There's uh, there's this king. I think, I think he's I already know where this die. is going. So Israel, they send in this uh, this special judge, this assassin named Ehud. <laughs> and uh, he, he's going to go in and assassinate this king. And uh, so the custom of their days, they would shake the right hand. But here's the twist. Ehud is left-handed. So he puts a knife in his right thigh. He goes in to uh, shake hands with the king. And uh, he rips out his knife and stabs him right in the belly. Now, here's here's your text. The Bible says that this king was so fat that the blade sunk into his belly and the fat closed over the hilt of the blade. Mark, give me something inspiring. What's the word here?
0: Well, I think a lot of people, they don't honestly dig into the text far enough. And if you actually look at the word fat in that context, it's actually not F-A-T, but it's sort of late nineties, early two thousands slang fat with a pH. Mm. And <clears throat> so I have no idea where I'm going the fat, with that. The <laughs> Some of you have thought you're FAT fat, but the Lord wants you to know you're P-H-A-T fat. And the other thing I like about that text, too, and I feel like it's going to inspire somebody out there, is it speaks to left-handedness. And I'm a left-handed person, and some of you are out there, and you feel lost, and you feel left-handed, but the Lord knows he's got something for you to plunge your sword into (laughs) It's going to envelop you with his fatness
1: p-h-a-t wow dude that's something else so uh yeah for all those people out there who are like yeah god wants you to slay your giants well uh what's oh we gotta look up the name of the king but god wants you to to plunge your swords into the fat kings in your life you know giant kings in your life (laughs) yeah some of you are, are just born for a time such as this a tricky situation where only a left handed
0: stabber will do oh for sure some of you have found yourself in a blubbery season the lord wants you to know (laughs) plunge your sword into that season amen dude i'm getting ministered to (laughs) we've got a pretty fat podcast for you today it's thick
1: it's fat and it'll close you right up
0: Fantastic. What are we talking about, by the way, Cole? Uh, I think you're going to ask me a little bit. of. Uh, oh, what do sports, I have to talk? What is there in Oh, you're all about the sports talk still. <laughs> Cole is a great sports mind. Um, right now, there is no football. Uh, we are in the, the heart of uh, basketball playoffs. And what everybody's talking about... Is not it really that time again? It's getting close. It's not quite there. I'll um, tell you what. Every time I hear, like,
1: the Super Bowl... The only reason I know it happens is because it's impossible to escape. Like, it gets in my face. But then once Super Bowl is over and I hear about stuff like that, I'm like, oh, people are still doing that? They're still playing sports? Yeah. It's still a thing. All right. Well, apparently, guys, it's still a thing. Basketball's got its thing coming. Sports
0: are still happening. And uh, the big talk, and maybe you can weigh in, Cole, is it looks like Mr. LeBron James, Cleveland's very own LeBron James, not going to make the playoffs this year. what do you what are your thoughts? Okay, about yeah, that?
1: yeah, and I read that this is the first time in I don't know, like, like 15 ever, years. That he's never yeah, been Yeah, 14,
0: day. 15 years or something.
1: Well, LeBron James, I don't want to curse your life, but uh, I think you kind of had it coming when you decided to leave Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, you leave Cleveland, man. <laughs> These kind of things happen to you. Dude, if you leave Cleveland, you end up with a blade in your belly and the fat's just going to close over it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is your bed, dude. you got to lie in it. But you know what? The Lord says, if you make your bed in hell, there he is. So LeBron James... Uh, we might be frustrated with you, but you are not forgotten. The Lord loves you, and uh, yeah, best of luck to you next year, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and
0: if anybody is personally connected to LeBron James through this podcast and can get him our podcast, LeBron, I feel like this could really help you today.
1: I want to see, I mean, maybe this has happened, but I want to see LeBron play with like, such a stellar team, like maybe the Harlem Globetrotters. Has that ever happened
0: yeah. before? <laughs> I don't think so. Not the Harlem Globetrotters; they're undefeated. Yeah, um, they're trying to get him. Well, he played for the Heat, which Isn't was that a sort soccer of team? no, no, oh, that's fire. That's, that's fire. fire yeah. That's the Chicago. Fire. Am I impressing you with how much I actually? Yeah, know? this guy. He, the thing is, you talk about so many sports when one. We're just all trying to converse about one sport, and you're you're incorporating about ten sports into one sport, which is amazing. Well,
1: I see sports as more of a sweater
0: than. A thread of yarn, you know what I mean? Like to me, they're all
1: connected. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, it is this beautiful tapestry of the sports world that we like to dive into. So hopefully, this was helpful for all our great sports minds out there that listen to our podcast. <laughs> yes. I'm sure, it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's new? I, I think it scratched your itch for for sports knowledge. Yeah. Well, yeah. everything's new. I have not actually. How long has it been since I've been on this podcast? Uh, a little too long. Too yeah. long. I have missed you guys. Yeah.
1: We uh, we tried to get our good friend JR on here. And uh, me being a little new to recording uh, podcasts, man, uh, I was telling you earlier, let's just say... I think I've heard better sounds come out of a Super Nintendo than the audio quality of what we got with that interview. So needless to say, it is sitting in my recycle bin on my computer, never to see the light oh, of the day. Oh, you've already
0: put it in a recycle bin? <laughs> well, I got 30 days to change my mind. Okay, but... <laughs> good. That could be maybe a patron level of support that they could get that file. And... Well, see, but we're trying to reward them, not punish
1: them. <laughs> I feel like they're ear, their poor ears. You... it was The content, this is sad because... Uh, the content was awesome um, because Jr. is uh, just really like one of the most amazing people we know, and he uh, he, he really
0: brought his A game. But not to fear, we will have him on here again. So I just hope we can recover the A game. But one of the cool things, one of the some of the, it's sometimes a fun experience. You know, when you're watching a movie and it's an absolute train wreck, sometimes <laughs> it can be fun. When it's actually so bad that it just becomes funny. Now, I'm going to offend some people when I say this, but I felt like Aquaman was a little bit like that for me. That was my own experience. Please don't. I hope I didn't (laughs) offend anybody when I said that. But maybe that could be sort of that Files experience for for our listeners or Patreons. They can listen to it, and it's an absolute train wreck, which actually makes it really fun to listen to. Well, that's a good kind of segue into, if you're listening to this, you're like, what is Patreon?
1: Fantastic question. It's a good question. Good job, you. Very astute. Well, Patreon is uh, the way that you can actually support our podcast. The way it works is you hop online, you go to the link in the description, and you can select a monthly giving of or, like, a tier of monthly giving uh, starts with $1 a month. $1. We are talking, like, Mark Duman is packing more money in his couch right now. You can scrape that to probably. 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 I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. We're talking, like, we're talking, like, well, actually, this makes it sound like a lot. I was going to say dozens of packages of ramen, but it's a very small amount of money, and every bit of it adds up and helps us continue to do this podcast, and in exchange... You get all kinds of exceptional rewards, like our Super Nintendo quality interview with JR. Maybe I will just go ahead and post it. Why not? You know, we'll see what happens. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, like for example, I got to do a, uh, doing a three-week class on the presence of God. It is some of the richest stuff that I've done. I'm very excited about it. And that is going to go to our patrons. So that'll be cool. I want to be a patron. uh, I think that starts at 10 bucks a month. And uh, we make sure to pack it in there. So, also, this last time we did uh, a whole bunch of rewards for our meatball level patrons. It's one of the names. And uh, we got a recipe from Mark Duman for what the heck was it? Zupa Toscano. Are you speaking in tongues? We no. did a nugget about that.
0: Scheke so. <laughs> <laughs> rababa. Zup, Zupa Toscana. Scheke katande. Rabbasi koto. Rabbase. Very nice, very nice. That's really fun to speak tongues in an <laughs> Italian accent. Experiment with that All at our home. Italian people
1: are like, he's, he's declaring the works of God <laughs> in my own tongue. Shake <laughs> it, Yeah. Surprisingly, we've got like a little following going in Ireland. I don't know where that came from. Do we really? Yeah. Are yeah. you I look at kidding the po- me? No, no. I look at the podcast analytics. <laughs> And we always have like a handful of listens in Ireland. So whoever you are out there, sweet. Uh,
0: thank you. Uh, one Guinness raised your way. Thank you. Absolutely. And happy uh, St. Patrick's Day. That's coming up, I think, this next Sunday. Yes,
1: Lord, dude. Yeah. Oh.
0: St. Patrick is amazing. Yes, Lord, dude. And if you're like, man, I used to love St. Patrick's Day, but then
1: I became a Christian. I haven't been able to just get hammered drunk on St. Patrick's Day. We just want you to know that you are in the right place because the gospel is the only intoxication that you need. And uh, I know that we're just like flying way off the handle here, but I want to uh, point to uh, the fact that my my good friend Matt Spinks just did a nugget for us.
0: Yes, and uh, I've listened to it three times already. It's so it's
1: so good. Like he just talks about how you can live in the bliss of heaven now and it has an intoxicating effect. And I know both of us have experienced that, that inner joy that comes. Uh, but I've also had times where I've literally had to be carried out of the church by people because I'm so gone in the presence of God. So if that's an experience you're looking for, please check out the nugget that Matt Spinks did. It's called High on God, and you can actually have your cake and eat it too. You can have a St. Patrick's Day as a Christian and and probably be more hammered than your neighbors who are drinking the green beer. So, Amen. <laughs> so, Mark, what are we talking about today? What are we talking about? I'm glad you asked. I want to talk about something that has been a uh, consistent source of somewhat like frustration and something I feel like I just have to weigh in on. I know you have a lot of thoughts on this too, but what does it mean to be real? Let's
0: get real. We,
1: we have all had that coworker come our way and, uh, you know, they're just like fuming or they're tense. You feel it when they walk in and they sit down and they look at you because you're a nice guy and you, oh no, here it comes. They sit down and say, I just need to be real. And everything is time. He's like, no, please, no, please don't be real. Just be less real. It. No, stop it. Now is
0: not the uh, day for you to be real. And then they just
1: unload a truckload of complaints and uh, negativity and junk on you. Yeah. Somebody verbally vomits on you. And then our culture celebrates it as that's being real. That's just venting. That's just getting the truth out. Uh, we, always, we seem to have this fascination for people who, uh, air quote, tell it like it is. And they're just spewing negativity and, and hatred and, uh, yeah, I mean, putting other people down. And I always tend to think to myself, is that really what being real is all about? You know what I'm talking about?
0: I know what you're talking about. I think there's a penchant in our culture um, to attach realness with negativity. So I think, like, part <laughs> of what we want to talk about is... There's a part of negativity that can be real, and we want to give people permission and freedom if that's, you know, something that's sort of stewing inside of them that they don't have to hold back all the time. But at the same time, there's a a very real authenticity that's very positive and and healing and peaceful and whole and, and joyful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like, one of the quotes that's sort of bouncing around in my head uh something I posted a while back about how um, if you are using the phrase, I'm just being real, to defend something dysfunctional, uh, the truth is you're not being real at all because there's a higher truth about you as a human being and as a child of God, that it actually goes much, much, much deeper than whatever feelings or behaviors you have on the surface. So it's not just complaining and negativity, but sometimes... Uh, You know, I remember going to ministry school in Reading. Uh, Mark and I both went uh, to Bethel School in Reading. Supernatural
0: school, Cole.
1: And one of the... Yeah, you're right. It was supernatural. It
0: was supernatural. Yeah.
1: And we're not ashamed to say it. No. Uh, So, yeah, it's like one of the first things that they work on out there with people is teaching you communication skills, uh, teaching you how to uh, effectively sort of like... Lovingly confront people, help them see. And one of the first things that you notice is people, uh, push back against that because they're like, well, that's just not the way I grew up. And, uh, I just need to be me. That's just not me. Uh, but then when they get into what is you, like their idea of being real is like screaming at their spouse or just, you know, being extremely, um, confrontational in an unhealthy way. And so it's like, why, why is it that, uh, I think I think what it comes down to is we associate realness with the realm that's around us. It's a materialistic kind of thing where we say, if I feel it, that's the highest truth. If I see it and can touch it, that's the highest truth. And if it's a part of my past, that's the highest truth. We like to base our idea of ourselves and the reality around us based on what we've experienced. Am I right?
0: You're right, Cole. So, I hate to say it, but you're right.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're, we're going to dive in. I want to just kind of crack open this uh, biblical text here for you. Um, but to me, this has been something that I've come back to over and over and over again for probably about six years. And uh, I, I, I think what we're going to talk to you about today might challenge you. But I want you to have an open mind that uh, maybe things don't work the way that you've been taught. And if you're willing to let go and sort of maybe think about yourself and reality a little differently, you might find yourself walking in a lot more joy. Am I right? Am I right?
0: <laughs> Cole, you're right. <laughs> Gosh darn it, he's right. <laughs> so uh, it says,
1: <clears throat> oh man. Ugh, I can't even read the mirror, dude. It's so good. This is the mirror translation. Every time I even look at the cover, I just get hammered. It's such a drunk translation. It's a be- It's a beaut. So much glory. It says, uh, you are in fact. This is you we're talking about. You listening to this podcast. <laughs> Marilyn Manson's probably listening. You, Marilyn Manson. LeBron James. Listen. You are in Chris fact. Chris Pratt, too. <laughs> Yes, definitely Chris Pratt. But we all know he's an angel. I mean, anyway, you. <laughs> That's realness right
0: there. <laughs> yes, dude. There is the poster child for being real. That would be Chris Pratt.
1: It says, You are in fact raised together with Christ. Now ponder. Now ponder with persuasion the consequences of your co inclusion. Relocate yourself mentally, engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ and the executive authority of God's right hand. And then this next verse says, Becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly or soul-ruled realm. Yeah. Your union with his death broke the association with what world you see yourselves I'm sorry, with that world. So see yourselves located in a fortress where your life is hidden with God in Christ. Holy wow. So I think the first thing, we're going to talk about some practical stuff. We're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to ask Mark, like, Mark, what are some of the tips and tricks and things that you've learned to kind of stay fresh, maybe some healthy practices and habits That keep you thinking this way. But the number one, number, number one thing that you need to know if you are going to be real is that the highest truth about you as a human being is not that you were born on this planet. You live on this planet and you will die on this planet. It's not that you were born for a life of struggle and uh, trying to accomplish things. It's that you have been co-buried and co-raised with Christ Jesus. What do I mean by that? I mean, your old nature has been crucified with Christ once and for all. Read the book of Romans. Go to chapter 6. You'll see an entire chapter that declares you are dead in Christ. You have been crucified with him. He didn't just do something for you. He did something to you. He crucified your old struggling nature, and he made you a brand new creation. It says in Corinthians, if any man be in Christ, he is a new Creation, <laughs> let's just do that with effects. Ready?
0: New, New creation. creation. That's you,
1: which means this. Uh, the version of you that struggles with depression has in fact, it's. A, I like how this starts in fact. You are in fact. Basically. In fact. In fact has been crucified with Christ. The you that might struggle with lustful thoughts or anger or uh, self-hatred or self-loathing. It is in fact been crucified with Christ. Now, you might feel those things because we have been conditioned and taught uh, to accept this lie that how we feel or what we think we are is the true version. But the Bible, if you consider yourself a Christian, if you consider yourself a believer in Jesus Christ, you, uh, you set aside the right to um, have the highest opinion about yourself. And you actually got to go with what the Bible says about you and what the Bible says
0: about you. Argues with that, right? The Bible tells me so. Uh, I want to testify. Can sure? I? Yeah. Can I testify? Uh, bruh. Can testify. I testify? Testify. testify? testify! Testify! I'm gonna testify yeah. on the microphone this morning. Do it. <laughs> I don't exactly know what I'm gonna say right now, but that's great. I've... I'm gonna edit it out. So do whatever you want. Testify. testify. Just, Just testifying, testifying right now. Right now. Testify. testify. So I'm gonna testify. <laughs> Testify. <laughs> okay, back to you, Cole. It's Toronto all over again. can't <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Testify. Yeah. I will testify. Okay, here's what I want to say, though, is there's sort of had to come a point in my life, I have no idea when it was. feels like it's uh, been happening, I guess, in part my whole life, but it feels like it's been really highlighted within the last couple of years, is I had to come to a point where the only belief system that really mattered was god's belief system because he's the only reference for me as far as i as far as i can figure out he's the only reference to truth and so his belief is the only belief that matters so if my belief doesn't align with his belief it's utterly it's worthless because uh, it's not actually connecting to truth so reason i say that is cuz i want to testify today <laughs> testifying I love to testify. (laughs) I don't know why I'm so silly today, but. You're hammered, dude. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Testify and we'll do this to you. Testify and we'll do this to you. Uh, Anyways, um, I had to connect uh, to the point that his belief about who I am is the only belief that matters. And so any thought or emotion that I have that's outside of the reference to his belief system, I know is, is ultimately a lie. It's not the truth. And so, um, when you when you connect to that that truth of of Jesus and what He's declared to be true that you are a brand new creation as He is, it says in First John. So are you in this world? Like uh, I don't know. It just brings about just this yeah. fullness of life, and it's re- it's so real when you connect to His belief system, and that begins to manifest. There's nothing more authentic, authentic, and true and real. Than, than what he declares to be true and real. I think uh, for those that may not be familiar with uh, what Mark is talking about. In the, I don't even know what I'm with, talking with, about. With the faith of God.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, it it's, um, it kind of comes from this uh, Galatians 2.20, this verse, which listen, if you, if you don't know who you are, I'll tell you who you are. You are crucified with Christ and it is no longer you that lives, but it is Christ that lives in you. Now, I have heard... My entire life, I went throughout church culture without ever hearing a sermon about that. But this revelation was like the revelation for the Apostle Paul, which opened up the entire world of what we're going to talk about today. But um what people actually don't know is that most scholars, whether they agree with our conclusions of this or not, most scholars come to the consensus that that verse is more accurately translated not um I live by faith in the Son of God, oh, I like but I live by the faith of the Son of God. And actually the KGV uh says that. So uh for all you KGV only people, nice. one point to you today, one point only, okay? <laughs> but you do get one point today for the KJV. Uh and, and so you might be like, wait a minute, God is God, why does he need faith? Well, when when we talk about faith, we're we're talking about uh in a sense, we're talking about your opinion, what happens when you size up and decide what reality is. And this might come as a shocker to you, but when God and his infinite uh, beauty and goodness and perfection and all knowing this, God has a pretty specific idea about what is real and what is not real. And then us in our finite, um, you know, flesh and blood understanding of things, uh, our linear sense of time and all that, we have our own opinion of what uh, reality is, what the future, where everything is going, what really matters. And so when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, do you know what he said next? I don't know. He said, repent,
0: no. Mark. Come on, <laughs> oh, read God. your Bible, buddy. Oh, Jeez. <laughs> <He laughs> you said, put me on the spot, man. <laughs>
1: he said, he, uh, well, you crushed it earlier with that. So yeah. went on the belly fat. So oh, for I sure. Figured, no, no, So he says, repent and believe. So what he's basically saying, we know this, that the word repent means metanoia, which means a a radical shift in thought, what he's saying is, you as a human being, you need to lay down your right and your understanding of reality, and trade it for God's understanding. It, uh, some of you might have heard me or Mark say the phrase to co-know with God.
0: To, to I don't co- think to I've co- said know. that. The well, co-know.
1: Uh, it, it means to, to to repent truly means to fuse your thoughts with God, to to allow your thoughts to become His thoughts. So, a couple of people who might agree with us on that would be Bill Johnson. He, he always says that, um, if it's not a thought that God has in his mind, I cannot afford to have it in my mind. Uh, something like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, Something like that. Sounded very Bill Johnson-like. It's very, very close to that. Yeah. And uh, so it says to you are, in fact, raised together with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion with him. Relocate yourself mentally. So what you're doing is you're saying, Okay, no matter where I've come from, no matter where I've been, no matter what's happening in my life, there is a higher truth that I need to actually allow my thoughts to engage with, which is this. We say it every single week, and we're going to say it every week from here on out. Till you finally get it. (laughs) Until you get it. uh, That Christ is in you, and you are in Christ, and that is all that you really need to know. Okay, so to be real, now we're not saying that you need to deny your emotions. Your emotions are a God-given, healthy gift. Jesus Christ, for instance, experienced all sorts of emotions. He got mad. Uh, he got sad, he got glad, you know? If he was in the doctor's office, he'd be able to point to all four of the little emotional <laughs> things, right? But what defined him at the end of the day, the Bible says he was anointed with the oil of joy above all his companions because he was tapped into this heavenly reality that he is, uh, that Abba is his father, that he is, uh, yeah, you, you know what I'm getting at. I know what right? you're getting yeah. at. So So whatever temporary feelings you might be having come your way. The important thing is to not stop on those and say, this is what
0: defines me. This is what being real is. Absolutely. I think like I've already said this point, I believe on this podcast, but you guys have been so hard headed and haven't been listening.
1: Stubborn, stiff necked people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to have to repeat myself, which I don't like to do, but I'm going to do it for you guys just because I'm that patient. Um, anytime you're faced with any sort of what it's weird to even call it a negative emotion because sadness isn't necessarily a negative emotion. It's a proper response in in many situations, but we'll just call it negative emotion. And by that, I mean, discouragement, sadness, hopelessness, depression, things like that. If I'm ever faced with those emotions, I'm not scared of those things. I'm not trying to, uh, like I I don't, I don't feel a need to try and figure out what, If there's something wrong with my past or if if I've had an experience that Jesus still needs to get healed up um, for me to to function properly, I'm not looking for those things anymore. I'm allowing those emotions to drive me towards uh, the truth. And so if I do have areas where I feel hopelessness, depression, discouragement, like it it's something that I can run into the presence of God and what I look to do in his presence is just begin to begin to get a sense and, and to begin to feel what he feels, to begin to get a sense of what is his perspective, what is his faith for whatever circumstance I'm going through or uh, his perspective about my life if I'm feeling hopeless or discouraged. And what I've found is he's got a radically better perspective. He's got a hope-filled perspective. He's got a life-filled perspective. And so as I bring those emotions to him and begin to get his perspective, what manifests out of my heart is the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, Whoa. holiness, yeah, self-control.
1: Yeah. No, I think that is really an excellent point because... A lot of people, they start to catch a hold of what we're talking about that um, really what defines you is the bliss of Jesus. Um, and they take that to sort of bizarre conclusions that kind of go against everything we've previously talked about, which is that God cares about your life. He cares about the details of your life. If you're in Christ and Christ is in you, then every part of you and your life is baptized in God and sort of like rendered valid, if that makes sense. So having sadness or having anger... Um, we don't need to fear those things and stuff them down. We're not talking about yeah. denying your emotions yeah. but we're saying even your even those so called negative emotions uh, it's just like you know, like a dial in your car. Like if, if my car is overheating, I need to know that it's overheating. I don't want to just be like, my car is not overheating. My car is not overheating by the blood of Jesus. My car. <laughs> Hopefully you're not doing that. Uh, but but no, then you know. Oh, okay, there's something here, and I need to stop and take a step back and figure out what's causing me to feel this way. So your emotions can actually drive you deeper into the bliss of God because you realize that He cares about you. So if you're sad about something, you can actually cast your cares on Him and sift through it and figure out. and figure out. What is it that I'm uh, maybe holding on to too tightly? What is it about my past that is kind of calling to me right now? What is the sense of longing that I'm feeling? I get to ultimately bring that to the feet of Jesus and sift through it until I come back to the true uh, state of being, which is uh, feeling full and satisfied in Christ, right? Yeah. So in in no way at all do we want to say if you're being bombarded by negative emotions, uh, that there's something wrong with you, that you're just not getting it, that you're, uh, you know, doing something the wrong way. But what we are saying is don't stop there. Don't just go, okay, yeah. don't, don't buy into the lie that the culture is believing that what you feel is the highest truth about you. Because, you know, we did a whole podcast about how amazing your heart is. But at the same time, your heart <laughs> is wicked and deceitful
0: stop above it, all it. things. No, no. Finally, we get back to that. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, but, but, but your heart is, uh, you know, your heart can feel all kinds of things. And just to realize that um, that your soul, your emotions are not the highest truth about you. Um, but they can help you sort of get back to that. They can help you discover those things. So if you stop and say, okay, well, I feel angry, therefore I'm a person with an anger problem, or I've experienced anger problems, rather than uh, taking a tally and forming your opinion of reality there, we're saying you need to ditch that and run to Jesus with humility and say, no, 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 you're Death and resurrection is what defines me. And start to, it says to be uh, in this verse, to be uh, intimately acquainted with Roman thoughts. So start to literally take each thought captive, throw it at the feet of Jesus and say, well, I believe this, but I am experiencing anger or I'm experiencing lust or I'm experiencing hatred or I'm experiencing
0: brokenness, you know, whatever it may be.
1: But if it doesn't look like
0: Jesus, it's not you ultimately. um, I want to say this too. Before we go forward, I would like to say this. In Jesus, you're going to find the most compassionate, empathetic, empathetic understanding person in the entire universe. And so he's the safest place to bring any sort of negative emotion because he wants to enter into that place and bring life and healing. And then uh, also too, Christian community should mirror that part of Jesus. It it should mirror uh, having understanding and empathy and compassion for what people are walking through. So I think there's been a frustration for a lot of people that have grown up in a religious environment. It demands that there is no sense uh, of, it demands you be invincible or that you have some sort of invincibility and you're immune to all like the difficult circumstances of life. And so it's sort of... Forces people into a a sort of a performance of themselves, um, where they can they. I think a lot of people realize this is not true and this is not real. So they want a a place that's safe to be real and vulnerable and open. So I kind of want to just also like reaffirm like me and Cole come from a perspective that when we you know when we encounter people in these situations, there's not a lack of compassion. There's not a lack of empathy. A big part of who we are wants to enter into the place that people are at. But the beautiful thing, uh, the place that gets me really excited to walk with people in those situations and circumstances is I have a hope and uh, an awareness and a belief system that not only wants to meet you in that place, but wants to see you thriving and prospering again. And I do know a belief system in Jesus that I can connect you to that will get you there.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that's a really good point, because I think our our culture, especially Christian culture, like you look at Relevant Magazine and stuff like that, like it's all, everything's Irrelevant all about...
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't read it, so... There goes our sponsorship, Mark. Oh, man. All right, so... Uh- <laughs> we should start Irrelevant Magazine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, yes, dude. Because the gospel is always simultaneously the most relevant and irrelevant message of all time. Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: No, but um, it's always this this focus on authenticity. It's always this focus on being real. Like beca- because I think that everybody has experienced this sort of like fake plastic Jesus, uh, sort of like happy go lucky. Um, or else like mega church environment where, you know, you go to a church and they're like, oh, hi, welcome to our church. How are you doing today? And you're like, everything inside of you is like, I'm dying, man. Like, I can't hold on here. But then like, you know, if you say that out loud, like they're just gonna, like their little robotic circuits will explode. And and, and, and there's no real life happening there. You know, it's just this veneer of fake positivity. And, and, po- and then there's that other thing too of like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> this is sort of like Oprah Christianity, where it's like if you just think positive thoughts, if you just sort of like talk yourself into a good place, um, you'll be better. And that's that's not really what we're advocating here. But I do want to say this: fake it till you make it only works if you don't have this revelation that uh, the bliss of heaven is real and that's where you're located. Like you can't fake something if it's true. Um, so 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 here's the thing: if reality from God's perspective is that you're in heaven and heavenly places and that heaven is in you in Christ, then even if you feel very angry, if you say out loud, I'm a person of joy, that's not faking it at all. Actually, you're just confessing the highest truth. And there's power in that. There's power in actually redirecting yourself. You know, David even talked to himself in the Psalms where he said, Soul, why are you downcast? He would sort of preach to himself. You know what I mean? And so sometimes you just need to preach the gospel to you yourself. Do. And that's not faking it till you make it because it's rooted in truth. Now, you know, and even too, like, Sometimes people get on the word of faith movement uh, because they're like, well, you're just denying your circumstance. They'll be like, "Uh, my arm is not cut off. My arm is not cut off. My arm is not cut off. (laughs) But at the same time, man, there's so many Christians out there. uh, I won't name names, but it's like popular, popular Christian speakers are talking about how we need to just accept all suffering Uh, when really like, dude, suffering has nothing to do with the kingdom of heaven. Now, suffering is very much a part of life on earth. Jesus even said that we will experience suffering. But he said, as for you, take cheer because I've overcome the world. Like suffering uh, can obviously be used by God to advance his purposes. But God is not the author of suffering. And if you're living in heavenly places in the author of suffering, Uh, suffering should not really be a part of your your daily experience, right? So uh, we're not saying you need to deny that thing, but we are saying that you need to look at it for what it is, a lesser reality, a result of a, a, a reality that doesn't reflect the truth of who you are and what God has done for you. And so therefore you can speak to it. You can say, this may be happening to me, but this is not what really happened to me. What happened is Jesus Christ on the cross. Man, all this talk about suffering is reminding me of something. I have got an ear-splitting, horrible headache. Do you know why, Mark? I have no idea why. Because I've got a wisdom tooth coming in, and I uh, gotta wait till Monday to get that sucker out. Oh, that's not fun. I've heard you've been there. I have. It's Blood the worst. Running down like. Aaron's beard, except, yeah. it's just, except it's just blood and guts yeah. out of your mouth. It is a gory experience. Well, here's my problem. I've got this horrifying headache, uh, pounding, and but also my friends uh, are not necessarily particularly anointed in the gift of healing. And so uh, I've tried a lot of things. I've downed about a bottle of ibuprofen. Nothing's doing it. Where could I possibly
0: turn in this dire situation? Well, first of all, Cole, stop acting like such a powerless victim. <laughs> if you are, or anybody you know has uh, non-anointed friends, you know the one place that is anointed that will always have a solution to help you in your dire hour of need, and that's our, our favorite grocery store, Aldi's. Oh, Aldi. <laughs> they've got the best products. I mean, they've got literally a product for everything, including you with your headache and uh, a pending um, wisdom teeth removal. Tooth removal, teeth. I think it's teeth. I believe it is. Removal yeah. of the teeth. Yeah. And it's this a beautiful, easy home head massager. It'll literally, I tell you what, it will take the sting out of your headache. Yeah, I was looking at those. They kinda they look like a little bike chain
1: with these different little vibrating things on it, and you just strap it to your head. And they have two colors. They have a nice sort of like forest green and they have a light pink with a metallic sheen. And uh, I'll be honest, I think I'm, I'm leaning more towards the pink. Okay.
0: Well, that's fair enough. Fair enough. And the best thing about this product, folks, is that not only will it remove your headache, but it will inflict a headache on the devil. Right. It will literally wreck his day. It is literally a
1: thorn in the devil's flesh. Also, if you have any friends in the indie film business, it makes a fantastic sort of sci-fi B-movie uh, movie prop. It is a fantastic movie prop. You too can get rid of your headache and look like you just stepped off the set of 1950 <laughs> Star Trek <laughs> in fashionable pink and green. You can. So thank you Aldi for the low low
0: price of 8.99 it is all yours and I'm not actively having sex but I can guarantee you if you are married it'll stir up your love life (laughs) (laughs) there's (laughs) I tell you what the balde de hielo did wonders
1: for my love life but it does not hold a candle to what the um, easy home scalp massager has done for me so uh, we just wanted to testify in public that yeah this thing is the real deal it is spicy Yeah, it'll bring the
0: anointing upon you and your loved ones. Oh, it'll heal your wife's headache. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) It sort of brings about a thought to me. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that God would create us, and he would put us in this thing called Earth that we're just supposed to suffer in for a while, and then we die, and then we get to experience like this lasting pleasure and joy for all of eternity with him. Um, like like that doesn't really yeah, it
1: has like suddenly nothing to do with everything we just experienced yeah yeah Right. yeah
0: exactly <laughs> <laughs> so you experience that for just a little you just need to experience just some life on earth get some suffering and then after that, you're gonna die and you're gonna experience everlasting joy and pleasure with me for all of eternity in heaven. Like that, the concept of that doesn't make sense. And so it just brings up about a point in my mind where God, He created Adam and Eve. He put them in a garden. The garden's name was Eden. Eden, uh, if you uh, interpret it, means pleasure. He put them in a garden called pleasure. So, a big part of why you're created for life on this planet is to experience Eden, it's to experience pleasure. Now what me and Cola once again are not saying is that you're not that on this earth you're you're probably going to come across some difficult circumstances and situations which God will walk through uh, with you in this in those situations. But uh, primary purpose, one of the primary purposes for why you're here on planet Earth is to experience, pleasure and goodness and joy and blessing and and that's why you're that's a big part of why yeah. you're here dude let me just jump in
1: on that because i know a lot of people the way that maybe like their christianity has brought them up is to say like okay oh, yeah, yeah so that was then but this is a fallen world like we're in a fallen world and things are just going to be tough but here's the thing dude like, I've been talking to Mark and maybe some of you. I'm like well, probably waist deep in this commentary of Leviticus right now. <laughs> and it is so fascinating how much of the New Testament gospel is actually hidden in the book of Leviticus. So what people don't realize is the way that those uh, Old Testament stories are ordered, the way it's even written out, is a very intentional statement. And so for God to place them in the garden and then have seven days and on the eighth day God rests... That is the old creation, right? That is the first sort of creation. There's all these patterns of seven, starting with the seven days. Then you move on to the law, which was supposed to be the new creation, but according from sort of like man's attempt to be able to uphold it, right? So you have all these priests... And there's all these patterns of seven in the commands and the temple, how they built it. God gave them seven commands with seven commands underneath. And the priest had to wait seven days before they could uh, coronate it. And why am I bringing all this up? Because the book of Exodus ends with uh, this pattern of seven where the God dwells in the tabernacle. And on the eighth day, uh, his presence falls and they're in this new creation. Okay, but of course it doesn't go so well, right? So... <clears throat> The last pattern of seven in the book of John, uh, there's only seven miracles recorded in the book of John. So for a Jew, that always relates to creation and order and how how the world is, right? And the last miracle is um, Jesus raising from the dead, which is God's presence. Uh, it mirrors God's presence in the tabernacle. Well, God's presence is now in the tabernacle of human flesh. And where is he? does he raise from the dead? In a garden, right? Oh, Jesus wow. mistakes him for the gardener. Or not Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Mary, Mary <laughs> mistakes him for the gardener. I think there's some very intentional wordplay happening there because the whole thing started in a garden with God's presence. Uh, humanity, um, he moves them along. He starts with uh, the the presence in the tabernacle, and he moves them along to the new, new creation that we're living in now, where his presence falls and dwells in humanity in a garden. So it's the new garden of Eden. So yes, we live in a world that is still catching up with that reality. But the truth is, uh, heaven is now, dude. We are living in the Garden of Eden now. But what, so my question is, Mark, maybe you've thought about this. Why do we experience suffering? Why, so I reject this notion that it comes from God, that God is just the author of suffering. He sends it your way to teach you a lesson completely. But I do wanna know like, why do you think suffering comes our way uh, if if we're living in the Garden of Eden, you know what I mean. Like if we're if we're back in this. New yeah. Creation. Why
0: is there the contradiction? Right. Right. Well, I've had the same question. <laughs> I don't know if I have the answer fully to it. Cause I one of the questions I'm having right now, and just my own personal dialogue with the Lord, is why doesn't the devil just give up? Like why is he so persistent? Like he's he has to know that it's not gonna work out for him that eventually God's gonna win out. So why does he persist in wanting to keep inflicting evil and harm and calamity? So I have no idea. I have no idea why. I have no idea why. And so part of of the question, I don't know exactly why suffering exists, um, why it's present, but I do know that a big portion of why why it's present is we haven't come into this awareness of uh, just how powerful we are in him. Uh, of the presence of heaven that we do carry. And so anytime you saw Jesus um, conflicted with this contradiction of sort of heaven versus hell, he always administered heaven, and heaven just absolutely yeah. triumphed victoriously over hell. So if it was sickness and disease, he healed it. If it was death, like there was uh, several circumstances where he raised people from the dead, um, if if people were poor and on the down and out, like he had the encouragement to be able to lift them up. So I don't exactly know why suffering exists. I just know what my mission is to do in the face of it, which is to yeah. overwhelm it with heaven, which I carry.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a really good point. It's like I, I think it's a mystery that we need to just be comfortable not necessarily understanding why it's happening, but being consumed with the antidote, being consumed yeah. with the answer, which is not a thing, but it's a person. It's Jesus by being in intimate fellowship with Jesus. Uh, you know, so, I, but I think in some ways it just comes from the fact that collectively humanity has so much authority and so much uh, power which we don't even realize. Uh, but most people, the vast majority of people are, and even Christians really, are disconnected from this intimate knowledge of God, this eternal life that Jesus mentioned, knowing the Father. And because of that, all sorts of, you know, sort of irregularities and and things uh, can spring up out of that. If you're sort of out of touch with the, the one who brings healing, then in its place can spring up, uh, sickness and all that stuff so that if we are sick that's not to say it's your fault but saying the results of living around a collective group of people who accept that as normal or worse accept it as good and necessary uh it, it causes all kinds of things to happen and so one one step in and staying encouraged and staying in this fullness of revelation is saying this may be happening to me And I don't know why. I don't need to know why. But what I need to know is it's not the will of God for me. And I can be comforted in uh, my deep fellowship with him, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times people struggle in situations that they feel overwhelmed by because they feel powerless to do anything, you know, against it. And so that's where I really love to to connect to the truth. It says in, in Romans 8 that we're more than a conqueror. Yeah. And, and so there's something that you carry that is incredibly powerful, and it's all a gift. It's all been given to you thanks to Jesus. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You've been given the very third person of the Trinity. You're a temple of God. And so as you connect to that truth, like I love to read the Gospels, and I love to look at Jesus and everything that He does, and I like to insert myself into the narrative as Jesus, which... Some people might think, like, oh my God, that's, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, you say to that, like, that's conceited or, or prideful or insane. But that's, I believe, what Jesus came to do is he came to reveal the truth of who I am and he demonstrated it. So now I can read the gospels and I can lose myself as Jesus in the narrative of the gospels, begin to picture myself as Jesus, you know, cleansing the leper or, um, or feeding the 5,000 that I carry that same authority and that same power. And so it, it, what it does is I'm never a victim to my circumstance and it could be a very severe circumstance. Like, like I've thought to myself, like what if I were to be given a report of I've got terminal cancer? Well, there's a belief system that I can connect to in the person of Jesus that shows I'm actually triumphant over cancer and I've got authority over sickness and disease. And so I can release the life of heaven in the face of I've been diagnosed with terminal cancer, and I really believe that like it ministers life and healing to myself, yeah. Or to a person, you know, it might be a loved one that's given a terminal sickness or disease. There's actually an excitement when you connect to the truth of who you are, and the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you when you face the impossible. There's actually. Like, I've had this happen where there's actually a a point in my spirit where I get excited and it's sort of weird. Like, you know, me and you have done uh, minister to people on the street and you hear some really bad situations and your response is you actually get excited as Mm -hmm. they begin to tell you about all like the horrible things that are going through because you know that God is there to meet them in that place. And not only is God there to meet them there, but he's using you to be as representative to meet them there with with that same authority in life that was demonstrated through Jesus.
1: Yeah, and I think the inevitable question that comes up for most people is, well, that's all well and good. Like, I want to believe that, but what about the fact that people do die of cancer? Yeah. And, and even in uh, charismatic cultures, uh, I, there's a you know famous story that people um, kind of use against dreading where uh, one of the little boys, I think one of the staff members died, and they were so convinced they were convinced this boy was gonna raise from the dead that they did I think they did like a funeral for him where everybody just spent the entire time praying for him and like everybody felt like no he's gonna come back to life and for whatever reason he didn't and so people go oh yeah see that said that shows me that everything you're saying is not true well here's the thing again um we may not know all the reasons why suffering continues to exist even in light of this revelation but Here's the really encouraging thing. Mark and I were talking about this kind of off mic earlier, but uh, the other kind of half of this coin of Christian hope is that maybe you just go through the worst life ever. You know, you're sick and you're poor and you die and then that's it. That was your life. But guess what? The, the the hope, the amazing hope is that it's still not the end of the story for you because this entire thing, the entire story of humanity is still heading for Christ being all and in all and through all and every tear being wiped away and all, all that stuff like God being king and being fully manifest and, and the world around us looking exactly as it's meant to be. Like that is an inevitable, unchangeable fact. It is going to happen. And so, whether or not you experience it in this life or the next, you will experience it. Sometimes I get really emotional just thinking about the fact that I will actually get to see uh, my my dead loved ones again. You know what yeah. I mean? Like physical bodily resurrection is one of the uniquely Christian hopes uh, that we will actually get to see people again. So so at the end of the day, if if, <laughs> if, if you're just like this isn't working, like listen, you're still strapped. To a train that is bound for Jesus and is never going off course. Like you cannot help it. You will uh, manifest this eventually. So,
0: yeah. And if the, I'm not sure if this will bring you hope or not hope, <laughs> this could discourage you. I hope it doesn't. I hope it brings you hope. But one thing me and Cole joke about from time to time is we say we believe maybe about 2% of the gospel. <laughs> yeah maybe 2%. I don't even know if we believe 2% because if we believe the gospel and a lot of the truths, to, uh I don't know, to the degree, you know, that we even preach, it would manifest in our lives in an even more like incredible way. So I don't get discouraged by that. That actually excites me because it just tells me that there's so much more in Jesus that I've yet to step into. But there's, a, there's an excitement about it. I think a lot of times... There's sort of a, a, verbiage, a verbiage in the church um, that we still have yet to receive something. And I think like the message me and Cole really uh, get really attracted to, um, the way Francois Dutoy puts it, he's the author of the Mirror Translation, is it's not a gospel of, of distance or delay. Like the message right. is, you've arrived, you've been given the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So it's not, there's not like this thing inside of me that feels like I'm lacking as far as. I I haven't yet received, like, all the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But what really pushes me in my zeal forward is I want to I wanna understand it. I want to see it. I want to really fully see it set, like these truths really set in my heart so that they're manifest more and more through my life. Yeah, dude, no,
1: that's so good. Hey, so uh, we just want to take the time to thank our listeners for being on board with us. And one way that you can support us besides your cash moolah is uh, if you actually go to the podcast platform of your choice and leave a nice five-star with a review, that'll actually help us a ton because it'll boost our visibility And uh, help us reach more people. I don't know about you, but if I see a podcast with a bunch of lame-o reviews, I just hit skip. I don't even listen to it. So that that would really help us out. And so uh, just to kind of say thanks, um, Mark and I wanted to kind of read a couple of our favorite reviews. So we've hand-selected and curated, for your listening pleasure, some of our favorite and most heartfelt reviews.
0: Yeah, these are super good. They're too good not to share. Uh, this is uh, from Atheism is Alive 666. <laughs> On iTunes. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> so happy you're listening. <laughs> says, um, my least favorite thing about this podcast was when it started. And my favorite thing about this podcast was when it finished.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: that's mm. wise words. Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Thank you. Uh, this one comes from jmacarthur77 at myspace.com. And it says, this podcast is. Rub- rubbish rubbish i've heard more sound theology on oprah someone has a better chance of getting saved watching the kardashians
0: all right thank you jay MacArthur. <laughs> interesting thoughts uh, i've got one it's from insta model hotness uh let's put it at gmail.com Instamodel, glad you're listening. Uh, she says, rarely do I find a duo with faces meant for radio and voices meant for silent film. Uh, one star. Uh, I think she probably meant one star as in this podcast is number one. Oh, the number one overall
1: podcast. Yeah. It's like, you know, the North star is like the star. So like she's saying, this is like the star. We are
0: the star of stars.
1: Uh, Yeah. So, uh, you want to support us? Um, just join these fine people and leaving a heartfelt review on the platform of your choice. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So I just want to add like one or two little caveats to that too. Um, I had a guy ask me one time uh, I was preaching on something very similar and he was like, uh, so what do you do with the fact that what I actually said in the sermon I preached uh, was for me as a dad, um, it doesn't reflect me well at all if my child is starving. Or hurting, and somehow we think that uh, we're bringing glory to God by suffering. But actually, it just makes Him look like a bad dad uh, for his kids. And you know, like if I saw a, a group of like straggly, starving children and their moms just like doing great, um, I would call CPS. You know, because like there's a there's obviously a problem there. But we we don't let that logic carry over to God for some reason. And kind of like my response was this, is um, if that bothers you, uh, that there are fellow believers out there and even just human beings out there, uh, good. Yeah, exactly. It should, it should bother you. That, that should bother you and drive you. This is why, uh, Jesus wants us to actually share what we have and spread the re- revelation to the entire planet is because we've all been put here for each other. We are the body of Christ. You know what I mean? So if part of my fellow body needs help, well, hey, if I have help to give, I'm gonna give it. And I feel like that's sort of one of the things God is doing in the church right now is helping us get so lost in the bliss and satisfaction of heaven that we stop holding on so tightly to our material objects. If you look at the book of Acts, it says there was no need among them, not because it just magically showed up out of heaven, but because they were so filled with this love, this generosity, this, this, uh, they were so filled with the knowledge that God would take care of them that they felt free to take care of the people around them. And so, man, if you are like watching you know, something about like Christians in the underground community getting persecuted and that burns on your heart. By all means, man, like get on a plane and go down there and encourage some folks. That's what I love <laughs> about John uh, Crowder. You know, a lot of people want to say stuff about his character, but that dude goes like to oh dozens of countries a year and not even the fun ones. He goes to countries where he's literally like in danger of being blown to bits and he still does the same thing we're talking about. They have meetings where people are falling out on the ground laughing and there's gold dust manifesting and stuff. It's because this gospel works everywhere. So if you're seeing an area that you want to bring help to, man, do it. Have fun with it. That's actually part of the fun uh, of being a Christian is getting to share the message with people and sharing what you have, sharing your resources. So <clears throat> I think the question is not like, uh, you know, why would a good God allow this? But why would, a, why would a church with a good God allow this? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> and uh, sort of another thing too is what about people who struggle with um, like clinical depression? And I just want to throw in there that I do believe that depression can be um, either a result of circumstances, like maybe you lost your job. It can be the result of demonic spirits. But it also can just be a result of uh, like a physical, chemical imbalance, sickness in the brain. And I think there is absolutely no shame in seeking medical help for that, just in the fact that there's no shame, and if I break my leg and I go to the doctor and get help for that, okay, but I also believe that Jesus is the healer of all sickness and disease and physical ailments, and so if at any time, uh, I remember I had a one person say, hey, like, I'm really struggling uh, because I had a stroke and I lost a lot of mental faculty and I'm not able to do my job, but I don't want to be dishonoring to God uh, because I am seeking to get uh, government help for this. And I said, well, you know, here's the thing. You're not dishonoring God by accepting help. Um, but maybe just don't let go of the revelation that he's your healer. So if you need to seek help for a time, uh, to help you get through this because it's not manifesting yet, then by all means go for it. But in that, don't, don't stop, um, bringing your condition before Jesus and saying, Jesus, I, I confess you as healer. I confess that you you know, this is not your will for my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, so, it's huge. I, but I think sometimes the people, sometimes people want to just go, Oh, if I take depression meds, I'm giving up on Jesus as my healer. It's like, no, 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 no. God gave you doctors for a reason. But I would say, you know, I would hope that the goal is not that you need to depend on uh, something outside for the rest of your life. You know, the goal is that you get healing. But whatever it takes, man, whatever it takes for you to get there. So, so there's no shame in that.
0: None whatsoever. I, what I would say that to that too is God doesn't demand that you're exactly at the level that you're supposed to be all the time like he's once again he's perfectly understanding he's compassionate he's empathetic he's very aware of your situations he's very aware of the things that have been weighing upon your heart so he's not demanding that you believe to a certain level so that he can finally bring healing to you he actually understands where your faith might be under attack And that's where I love the, the phrase that, um, the gospel doesn't demand faith. It supplies faith. And so it's in that situation when you feel like you have no faith and you're very discouraged. And let's just continue to talk about depression. Let's say you've been mental health. You've been, you've been battling mental health for a long time. You've been trying to stand in faith and you just are believing God for uh, healing, maybe supernaturally versus going. Uh, towards medicine and it's it, it's like we we don't understand that God doesn't understand that we would have doubt in that situation where it's like he can perfectly understand it but it's in that situation he wants to supply you with the fullness of who he is and he wants to deliver faith in your heart that will allow you to that will hopefully ultimately bring healing whether it's uh, through a super supernatural uh, manifestation of it or whether he brings you along a, a process of getting medical help and And even uh, like maybe not even just medicine, but some uh, therapy and counseling and stuff to get you back on a track of of healing in life. Yeah, I mean God's highest goal
1: for your life is heaven on earth, and however however that needs to get done, uh, he's all about it. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, not as long as you're not turning to counterfeits like you know drugs and alcohol and stuff. Yeah, uh, (laughs) because that's ultimately not going to be heaven on earth.
0: Yes. Read High High on on God. God. I've never read it, but I'm sure that that will cheer you up. Oh, dude. Uh,
1: Yeah, I cannot wait to get Matt Spinks on here to talk about High on God. That's going to be really good stuff. I think to wrap this up, we've covered a lot of ground today. Um, We've talked about suffering. We've talked about uh, what to do with suffering. We've talked about where it comes from or it doesn't come from or whatever. We've talked about the fact that you are a brand new creation. And uh, if it doesn't look like Jesus, it doesn't belong in your life. A lot of stuff. Uh, we've talked about focusing your thoughts on the truth. Um, but I think what might be helpful, not only for me, just to refresh myself in, but for our listeners, Mark, what are some uh, practices or I hate to say techniques because the ball is not in your court on this. Uh, this is all by the grace of God. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, it's simply by looking at. And gazing at Jesus that you see yourself in him and manifest effortlessly this reality. Um, however, that having bad habits, okay, I can sit and, uh, shoot up a bunch of heroin and that is ultimately going to pull me away from this revelation, right? <laughs> so what are some things that you can do that are practical that actually kind of nudge you in the direction of sort of seeing this revelation like how do you remind yourself if that makes sense
0: yeah uh there's a lot of things and none of them involve illicit drugs <laughs> praise <laughs> god
1: uh, <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so good uh one thing that is like an illicit drug that will keep you fresh is watching the fresh prince of bel-air and uh <laughs> i don't know there's something about the freshness of will smith in that show that keeps you fresh but That was a joke um, I've got a couple of suggestions. One, um, some of the simplest, most practical things actually bear a, a lot of fruit in your life. So things like um, sleeping regularly, trying to get regular sleep, maintain a regular sleep cycle. It's hard with kids from what I understand. I'm a bachelor. Uh, yeah. Um, I Nearly impossible. <laughs> <laughs> nearly impossible. So if you're a parent, just scratch that one off. Can't be done. <laughs> Eating healthy is huge. Um, exercising regularly or some sort of physical activity is huge. Finding finding things that really just sort of edify your heart and spirit. It could be you really like going to movies. It could be like you really like uh, singing karaoke, or you like to go skiing, or you like to play a sport or activity. Like some of those things are super super important to make sure that you actually take time to incorporate those things in your life. Um, Another thing I really, 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 really like to do is I really like to listen to speakers that speak from a perspective of you're a new creation, a new reality in Christ. They point to that truth. They continuously point to that uh, that truth. They won't back off from it. I like to listen to speakers where um, they've stepped into some things like some, sometimes even like uh, supernaturally and miraculously that really challenged me, that actually kind of point to there's even a greater reality that I've yet to sort of step into and walk into. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of different guys I listen to. We've talked, you know, John Crowder. He's been very instrumental in sort of just like pounding me uh, with the truth of the reality that I am an absolute new creation in Christ. That. That's Matt Spinks, yep. yeah, I haven't listened to you, Matt, as much if you're listening, but I've listened to a bit of him too. He's he's super super good. Um, there's there's a lot a lot of really really great people out there. Yeah, but... and and I think too, like sometimes, especially in
1: the charismatic church, people want to turn mm-hmm. like this intimacy with God into some kind of work where it's like if you need help, there's something wrong with you because you just need to get in your secret place more. And I kind of understand what they're saying, but the thing is, like. Uh, Staying encouraged is staying encouraged, and uh, we've been put in a community for a reason because no one person can do this whole thing by themselves, you know what I mean? Like, not only are you dependent on God for your joy, but I, I believe in some sense you are also dependent on being in a gospel community, and so if you are just need to listen to, like, a good podcast to kind of, like, remind you of the truth, you know— that's fine. Like, I know, I think there was a season in my life where I was probably listening to like three to four hours of, uh, Crowder a day, you know, because I was just really feeding my soul. And now I feel like it's really in me and I don't necessarily need that kind of help. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's okay to have some dependence on other people for a while. Oh, it's huge. You know, it's like... yeah, it's and like you don't, you, know, you don't get on somebody for needing crutches when they break their leg. Now, if they're still using crutches when they're all healed up, that's a little weird. But it's okay to need training
0: wheels for a while. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. And, and what I would also say is don't underestimate God and other people and the way that he wants to use other people to minister into your life. So that could be a that's speaker or somebody preaching sermons online. But like one thing I've noticed with myself, and I'll just be fully honest <laughs> –
1: I'm going to get real.
0: You want want a real mess, Cole? I don't want (laughs) to hear about how horrible your boss is. (laughs) It's about to get real. get
1: real.
0: This is about to get really real. Uh, There's times in my life where I struggle with masturbation and pornography or a desire for that. And so, you know, one of the solutions is, yes, uh, wash yourself with messages that speak truth in life, whether it be John Crowder or Bill Johnson or whoever else. And another thing is to dive into the secret place and, you know, experience, like I love to just put on worship and listen to worship and worship in my own house. And I find tremendous fruit to that. But what I have found when I do have an appetite, like specifically in my own life, just because it's something that's easy to point to, when I do have an appetite in my own life towards lust, pornography, masturbation, I actually find that, oh, there's something in my heart that is uh feeling lonely and isolated and is needing connection with people and so one solution that I have had that's just been very positive and very beneficial in my life is if I have any sort of temptation to go into pornography masturbation etc is I might just need just a good time connecting with a friend yeah and so it's as simple as uh texting Cole or something like that hey are you around the house I really love to just hang out and be with your family and And just connect and it's amazing just um, uh, what's so soul-giving in that relationship and that friendship that breaks um, that temptation and and it's not even I'm not even having to just go to Cole and say hey here's everything that's in my heart here's everything I'm being tempted towards right now there's a simplicity in that if I just can have a genuine experience and interaction and connection with Cole like that that Allows me to walk in the truth of who I am, like really strongly. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I think for me, like the big one is uh, just lately has just been stress uh, where i um, tempted towards being stressed. Yeah, it's like you have uh, screaming children or uh, just not much sleep or like for me, I'm running a business. And so I'm very invested in it. I very much care if it lives or dies. And, uh, but I think the temptation is to fall into allowing myself to be stressed, but I really don't have to do that because when I know the truth that my dad has me, that, um, you know, that ultimately whether or not my business thrives or dies, like I have the fullness and richness of Christ and, and also the friends around me to sustain me. Like I can be happy anywhere. Put me, put me in the deep jungle of Africa. I'll be happy there. Put me in the, you know, sparkly streets of New York City, I'll be happy there. Like anywhere I can be, I am a tree planted by streams and I can thrive. You know what I mean? And so, so that, that is something that I've been working on. So one of my big things is, um, uh, to remind myself when I feel that stress coming on is to just brainwash myself. Because sometimes yeah. for me, I'm such a high energy, um, like personality type that's achievement oriented so i can really end up spinning my wheels especially at night and so one of the ways you don't realize this but you have power over your mind uh and so i almost think of it like when you have a drunk roommate who clearly should not be driving their car if your brain is just not cooperating with your spirit sometimes you need to just take take that baby over crack open your bible and don't <laughs> stop reading until you feel better you know what i mean because
0: yeah.
1: when you're reading scripture you're actually inserting like godly thoughts into your mental space you know what i mean and you're just saying i i'm gonna wash my brain until this is what i believe and i highly recommend the mirror for that because it's uh, it's just sort of centered around this revelation, and it's also uh, kind of just easy to read. Like, I don't think it's ever failed that I've opened the Mirror Translation and just gotten super, super
0: whacked, you know? Yeah, so, hasn't yeah. failed me as of yet. I've been reading it for, I don't know, like probably a year and a half or something like that. And I love this too, like uh, us being
1: the good Bethel boys that we are. Um, just worship, man. Worship is such a great way to connect with Jesus and just remind yourself, uh, put on some, you know, good old worship on YouTube and just, just sing, just let your heart sing a song and, and declare truth with your spirit that, uh, may feel very not real to you in the moment. But again, that's not faking it till you make it. It can't be fake if it's the highest truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're just cooperating with it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I don't want to open up a whole nother podcast. It just feels <laughs> like these thoughts could open up a whole nother podcast. But one thing I do tell people is a lot of times we want to connect to our personal destiny in the Lord, and that's all well and good. And a lot of times we attach that towards a career, which I do feel like God wants to bring everybody into a very fulfilling and uh, just, I don't know, just a really fulfilling career and job choice. Sure. But I don't think like that's your ultimate destiny or ultimate goal. And what I found is that the most satisfaction in life comes from actually relationship and having really deep, uh, lasting, intimate, connected relationship. So when I when I think about personal destiny now, my question a lot of times is no longer, God, what what did you call me on earth to do? But it's more, who are the relationships that you've really called me to connect and invest in? And so I really try and identify it. I believe that God has those people for you no matter where you're at. And sometimes our eyes aren't always open for them. Um, but I, I really challenge people, like a big part of thriving and prospering and and just staying fresh and renewed in the Lord is to have those relationships in your life. So begin to prayerfully uh, ask Holy Spirit who identifies as those relationships and, and pursue those relationships. And um, sometimes those relationships don't exactly work out the way that you thought they might. And, and that's okay. Uh, my thing is I, I don't ever want to try and force a friendship. So you can kind of just feel that if you feel yeah, uh, You're trying to connect with somebody, but they're not really interested in connecting back. So just to let those relationships go, but to really just continue to press into relationships you feel like the Lord is identifying that really are beneficial and soul-giving and, and people that walk in, in the truth of God's love and, and the fullness of the Holy Spirit are really put in your life to really keep you fresh.
1: Yeah. One of the best and most encouraging things that you can do is encourage someone else and share uh, about Jesus with somebody else, whether yes. they know Jesus or not. Uh, because, like, honestly, selfishly, that is probably half the reason I'm doing this podcast <laughs> is because if I don't talk about Jesus with somebody, I'll explode. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot handle it after a while. It feels like it's just kind of burst out of me. And so having this podcast has been awesome because it's it's keeping me in contact with these Um, thoughts and with these realities. It's keeping them flowing out of my lips. You know, I have to listen back to it editing and I'm just getting like bombarded uh, with this amazing like truth that is fueling my life. And so, you know, a lot of times people will say like, you can't give away what you don't have. And I I think there's an element of truth to that. But the higher truth is that um, Holy Spirit is always in the mood to encourage somebody. And (laughs) Like he lives inside of you. And so whether or not you feel like encouraging somebody, if you put yourself in a situation on purpose where you know people are going to need encouragement uh, and you're ready for it, Holy Spirit will leap through you. And it's like you feel like you're plugged into that electrical current and you'll walk away encouraged as well. So case in point, a lot of you know I love to like pray for people, especially strangers. So I'll go to somewhere like Walmart. So, man, if I'm down, like if I'm really down, I will go to Walmart and say, God, just do whatever you want. And I'll start talking to people. And before you know it, I I cannot stop the flow of heaven from coming out of me. And I walk away feeling like a million bucks because I am in contact with the one who gives encouragement. So, so sharing the message, uh, saying it out loud to somebody else can be
0: such a big Help! Isn't there a
1: verse on that that you really like that
0: you talked about? Well, there's a couple, but the one that was coming to mind as you were speaking, there's a verse, I think it's in Philemon. It's actually been a long time since I visited it, because who reads Philemon, right? <laughs> it's in the Bible, and it's I think it's a single chapter, but there's a verse in there that talks about that uh, through, the, through the sharing of our faith, we're, a, we're made aware of everything that we've been given in Christ. So anyways, it's sort of the concept is sometimes you're not fully aware of everything that God's put inside of you until you start to release it. And then it's in that like the Holy Spirit makes makes you aware of like, oh, my gosh, he's put all these just amazing things inside of me. And so, yeah, there, there is uh, a real divine pleasure in the sharing of your faith and, and sort of allowing other people to enter into the experience of what he's done in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we better probably just go ahead and uh, cut it off right here because this is a subject... That I'm really, really excited about. And really, I think there is more to say, but we can find a way to say that another time. So yeah. thanks for uh, coming along for the ride. We love you guys. You're you the are best. full of the Holy Spirit. You are a brand new creation in Christ. The old you is dead. The you that has uh, sinful desires or inclinations towards self-destruction or depression. And uh, that's dead and gone and buried. And the new you looks exactly like... Jesus Christ, and if you don't believe me, don't take my word for it. Just read the Bible and learn your thoughts about it.